Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. I am joined today by my uh, co host, Ed Mann. Hello. And we have another special guest in the form of Chris Jeery. How are you doing, Chris? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah, very good. Very good. good. How are you, gentlemen, tonight? Yeah, very... I, I say very good. I've had a very stressful day, but on the whole, I really can't complain. Not Glad the day's bad. over with. The yeah, day is definitely. gone. It's now yeah. the evening and we get to talk more tech. Yes. So isn't that great? <laughs> definitely. We get to talk shop again. Never yeah. any better. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for uh, coming on the show. really appreciate you uh, giving up your spare time to come on and... Uh, my and pleasure. talk design. No, so, my uh, absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, well, I guess, um, should we start off actually? Did you want to introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, as you said, my name's Chris. I, I run a very small web. We're calling ourselves a web studio these days. Web studio called Squidders, uh, based in Maidstone in Kent, Garden of England. Um, I've been, I've been running the company for coming up to 10 years now. Um, that's what I do in the day. Um, outside of the day, I'm mostly pretty tired and being torn apart by small children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this sounds familiar to most people. <laughs> How many have you got? Oh, three, I think, last count. Wow. wow. <laughs> no more, that's it now. Yeah. And you're, um, you're signing yourself up for that, aren't you, Mickey? Yeah, I've got my first due on the uh, 5th of August. So, hey, congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. You know what flavour you're having? Uh, I don't, but my wife does. So it's a bit of a. How have one. you done that? That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how she hasn't let it slip, or you haven't just pestered her and she's just given up. Yeah. Like. Well, I don't. It's actually worked okay. I mean, uh, you just don't every, talk to her. You just yeah, we just, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Reason not well, to talk. <laughs> uh, we just got mutual colours, mutual neutral colours on everything. So um, it's not been too bad actually. So only another month. Like the idea of someone else knowing something that I don't. That, that, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people said that to me. I don't know. I'm I'm quite patient, I guess, in that respect. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to finding out. But either way, I'm I'm happy, you know. So uh, oh, it's an amazing time. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring it on. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep that sound bite, and we'll just play it back to you in like a couple of months. Like, like, no sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh how about you ed how's your day been anyway yeah it's been fine enjoying the weather it's been a bit hot but stuck inside mm. on the computer as you always are so yeah, yeah dreaming of outside and obviously then went out for a bit of a walk trying to enjoy the race a little bit but no it's been not too bad thank you very good uh we've kind of banned the term hot picks even though i say it every single week but um <laughs> i certainly don't have anything for this week but uh ed i know you had a little something yeah so about. it's like um I've been playing around with Sketch. Well, everyone knows their cron jobs and their schedule tasks and trying to work out that syntax and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, it can be a pain, but also then writing shell scripts and working out where they are and all that stuff as well. So I enjoy PHP. I enjoy actually writing scripts in PHP. I think it's quite good for that, like hooking up quickly to a database, maybe backing it up, maybe moving <coughs> it to Dropbox. Um, so I actually found online, I'll put it in the show notes, like this library that does cron job expressions in PHP. So you can do almost the same thing and you can kind of, you know, I've, I've got it on my GitHub, I'll put that in as well, where it's just like this scheduled, simple kind of runner thing that allows you chuck in these tasks, classes into this thing. It will run them all. It will do it only, obviously, when it actually is meant to do it and stuff. So, 
yeah, it's 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 quite interesting. So I'll put that in the show notes, and anyone else who's interested in it can uh, have a little look. It's certainly not the nicest of things, is it? I mean, it, I know you can like you know things like CPanel and Plesk allow you to um, kind of manage your cron jobs, but even in that kind of environment, it's not very nice, is it? I mean, I well, because I, I find that they all yeah, and I find they all kind of you get like bits and bobs everywhere, you know, and it's like I want to hook up to Dropbox maybe to back them yeah. up and stuff. So PHP has all these libraries that I end up thinking well, I could just use it right a PHP script. So I've ended up just doing that really. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, but we'll put that in the show notes. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, uh, going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> I, I don't have an opinion on that. I, I, I should have said I'm a designer, aren't I? And I'm certainly not a dev. <laughs> don't worry, because we are absolutely shocking when it comes to design. So uh, you will more than make up for it with that with us. But um, yeah, I was going to put you on the spot, really. Uh, I do this every time to our guests, which is probably quite annoying. But um, it don't, uh, we usually have, uh, go around and just say if anyone's discovered anything new and exciting this week. Um, it could be anything from like a plug-in to library, whatever. But um, I was going to ask you, it doesn't have to be from this week, but any any things that you would recommend to our listeners from a design perspective, any tools or software packages that you couldn't live without? Uh, live without, I guess, is a bit tricky. But um, mm. so I've started using CodeKit recently. All right, yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm mostly only using it for um, processing my SAS files, but um, but yeah, no, that, that helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a bit old school, a bit of a hand coder, and so I don't use an awful lot of software. And um, yeah. So yeah, picking something out is, is pretty tricky. You, can, you occasionally come across things. Before I was using CodeKit, uh, I came across a website called uh, Kraken, kraken.io, which just compresses down images. That's really handy. And, and things like uh, using Pingdom tools uh, just to test, you know, speeds of websites, what's slowing them down, etc. Yeah. They're really useful. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's uh, all part of the sort of development process, I guess, and, and getting a site out the door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ed, you're a CodeKit guy, aren't you? I, I used to use it like when I had like a very uh, SaaS-heavy site. I used it on that, and yeah, it's a great tool. Um, it kind of yeah. packages it all up, doesn't it? You can have Compass in there as well, and you don't have to deal with the terminal. Absolutely. and all the ruby dependencies or anything like that so yeah it's a really nice tool and i think i think i convinced uh, fraser to play around with it as well i think he kind of bought a license as well he so, did, yeah, yeah yeah i remember yeah yeah i just i just love the way it's presented as well you know oh, it's a beautiful it's a, even the, the website and the application is and one the of those... guy who wrote it you know this this huge muscle-bound dude yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how has he got this all you know he is not <laughs> what my stereotypical impression of developer is, or anyone working on the web for that matter and uh yeah and yeah, it's it's just it's those lovely little touches of getting emotion into the whole sort of design as well. You know, you sign up and he tells you you're awesome. You know, I yeah. I know he's saying it to everyone. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it's a nice touch, isn't it? I, I, I just love that attention to detail, that personality yeah. that that's so rare in in very corporate, boring websites. You know, don't list the functionalities. You know, give me something a little bit extra. Yeah, and I, I thought it really did. It really sold it for me. It made me laugh whilst I was spending my money. <laughs> now that is design right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know what you mean though about your kind of characteristics of a <laughs> typical developer you kind of think tall scrawny glasses <laughs> yeah hi <Not> guys <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't into it you ed <laughs> i promise but, yeah Bad sense you think you that's know. changed though that never used to be yeah i think it has a view of anyone who works with a computer in front of them for most yeah. of the time True. I th- yeah, I think your kind of classic geek has changed a lot these days, I think. Bearded pizza eaters are out and, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
tall, uh, you know, nice fit glasses and drinking artisan <laughs> coffee is, is <laughs> no, that's definitely Ed. Yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Uh, so we have got, uh, it's going to be like an interrogation. We've got hundreds of questions for you. So, um, here we you, go. Uh, we should start doing, you should do these in the mornings and when my brain's. <laughs> Don't worry. We feel the same way. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Ed, did you want to, uh, crack yeah, like the first one I always liked is like, how did you get into design? What, what drew you to it as a child or a teenager? <laughs> uh, pr- pretty much by accident, I guess. Um, I'm sure most people say that. Obviously, when I was, when I was young, making myself sound old here, but th- there wasn't a thing called the internet. So I never grew up wanting to be a web designer, certainly. Um, yeah. But I always had a love of drawing, um, and I didn't have a huge interest in computers, but I always used to like, do you remember those logic puzzles you used to get? You used to get books of them, and it used yes. to be, yeah. you sort of had a grid in the middle to sort of try and work out who had all the oranges or, or something daft like that, and I always really liked those, and, yeah. you know, it's funny, when the web came along, it sort of put those two things together for me. It was the logic and, and the sort of artistic side, um, um, you know, the other thing I used to do, I, I remember I got a computer when I was uh, 11. It was an Amstrad CPC 6128. And I remember buying, <laughs> yeah, with a color monitor. I was well posh. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I remember buying the, the computer game magazines and they used to have page after page of code. And if you sat there and typed it all in, you got a game at the end of it. Yes. And it used to take hours and hours to do these things. But, and you got one bit of syntax wrong and that's it. It didn't work. But, um, <laughs> But I used to love just messing around with the code afterwards, you know, to try and change yeah, the color. Tweaking it and seeing yeah, what you could do with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, sp- I suppose that I had no, I sort of gave up my interest in that. Um, other things took over, like, you know, going out and drinking and hanging out with mates <laughs> and things. Um, yeah. But I ended up in a, in a job in the, I guess, the late 90s. Um, and, and I put a computer on my desk and, and it was connected to the internet. And I remember the first of being really excited about it and then turning it on. I've never been so disappointed in my life. I was like, what, this is it. This is yeah. the internet that everyone's going on about. This and is the buzz. This is what people are going, yeah. Glorified yeah. teletext was all it was. That's yeah. all it was. There, there wasn't much there. It was just page after page. You know, if, if you're an academic or something, then that was absolutely perfect. But it, it wasn't the web it is today, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have anything to do in that job. I, I had a job and I literally sat there twiddling my thumb. So I thought, well, might as well make some websites and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I know exactly what you're saying though, because like we have uh, a lot of the kids that I've, I call them kids. They're like 22, <laughs> 23, but, um, they, they literally, obviously they don't remember a time when the internet didn't exist. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I remember like coming home and my dad getting the internet through work and I was so excited to see what it was. And, <laughs> But like you say, it was abysmal. But yeah, I guess it, at the same time, because of that, like you saw the potential and you knew that it was just happening and it was such an exciting time to, to be in, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was almost like bringing it back to coding those old games. It's like, right, this is the limited amount of stuff you can do now. And you're like, well, I want to see if I can do something else with it. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And I had a good year of that with nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it was fun. And, I, and sort of from there... You know, I did a few real websites for that company. You know, all of a sudden they decide, well, they've got this guy sitting there doing nothing. We might as well get him to do us a website. Um, and then from there, I sort of went and got a proper web- website job and sort of learned about commercial design. Um, did that for about five years, got made redundant, and I sort of thought, well, sod it, I'm going to set up on my own. And that was, yeah, nearly 10 years ago now. That's a brave move. Was it, was it hard or? 
it, it, it was from a lack of options, to be perfectly honest. There wasn't yeah. a job out there that was willing to pay me what I wanted to be paid. Uh, yeah. What I needed, to be perfectly honest, what I needed to survive on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a lack of options. I, I'd sort of had a couple of, whilst I was working uh, um, in that job, you know, I sort of had a few clients on the side and, you know, I was pretty confident in what I was doing. Uh, but obviously the bit you don't know, I mean, I have to run a business now and that's the bit you don't know, how to be a salesman, how to manage yeah. cash flow and, oh. I still don't yeah. enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you kind of just preempted one of my questions, actually. I mean, mm. that, that must be hard to be everything in one, like like you say, generating the business and then doing the work itself. I get, you know, when you're first starting and, and you don't have the resources to to employ someone to do to do the other things you need to do, you literally have to do everything right. I'm guess, guessing the first couple of years were the hardest. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely, and, and and working from home as well, and, and managing your own time, and oh, it, yeah, it, it's it is hard, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it's my own fault in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, I could let go some of the control, and I ha- I have done over the years now, but uh, mm. it's still me doing the designs. I'm still so precious about it. Yeah, and, uh, we're in the process of sort of hiring at the moment, and it will be someone who's going to come and step on my toes a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's fine, I think. I think I'm going to be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I got into this because I love the job. I, yeah. I didn't get into it to you know, go to sales meeting and do proposals and pitches. That's not why I got into this. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to take a lot for me to actually finally say, no, I'm not getting involved in design anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I completely agree. I mean, for me, like, I, I don't want to get to the point where I'm kind of leading teams or managing teams. I, because that means probably less hands-on with the code. So, I yeah, like you say, I, yeah, I love that too much to really want to step away from it, I guess. Yeah, I, I certainly hear you on that, certainly. Yeah. Uh, okay, more questions. Uh, more questions, indeed. So, like, I, so you, you, you call yourself then a designer. Would you, the coding side, it sounds like you did some coding then back in, like, the with the first, when you first started building websites. Uh, do you do I- any more coding now, or is it... Well, I get so confused as to what I am, to be perfectly honest. It used to be easy. You know, you used to call yourself a webmaster and you just did everything. That's but, it, yep. yeah. It's now front-end dev, back-end, and it's, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know whether I'm a front-end designer or a front-end dev. I really don't know because there's only me doing the front-end bits. But I design and code those designs. So um, it, it, at Squidders, there's two of us at the moment. It's myself and Joe, and Joe does all of the – she does all of the back-end development. So anything involving PHP and MySQL and all the stuff you guys know know about yeah. and know very little about these days. Um, but if we have just a brochure project without a CMS system, then I will do it from start to finish. Um, you know, I, I, I still code. I'm still very much I – know, I, know, I know a little JavaScript, not loads, enough yeah. to get by on. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm still very much coding. So do you think that that helps you? Because like um, one of my questions was going to be like, I find in the in the web game, like a lot of designers, they kind of come from the print world. Yeah. And they don't really understand the web. I, I suppose with you, you, did you ever do any print stuff? Or was no, it mainly it was just for the web? I'm terrible at print work. I can't do it. <laughs> did you find it's like the limitation, not the limitations of the web, but more like the kind of the like the things you've got, the interactivity and stuff like that, that kind of appeals to you more than this fixed. It has to be... Yeah, sure. I mean, when I started, it was pretty fixed, I guess, because we're all doing 960 grids and everything. That's true, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was pretty, and everyone was obsessed with the fold, but everyone was looking at the same 15-inch chunky monitor. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't got a print background, but I, I don't think print's a bad starting point. 
in a lot of ways, I suppose I still use those principles. Um, you know, it's, it's lovely designing for the web because creativity comes from when you have a set of limitations restricting what you can do. You haven't got a blank canvas. I'm not an artist. I'm a designer. <laughs> it's not a blank canvas that I can do what I want with it. Yeah. But I, I do start with a pencil and paper, so I'll sketch out on paper and then look at what I've done and then go straight to the code. So I often get that headache of, right, I've sketched this. I don't know how the hell to code this. I'm going to have to find out. See, I yeah. think that's a good thing because I do find, yeah, because it's, it's, I don't think you can be a designer for the web and not know some code because you have to know the restrictions of, or you have to work very uh, much with a develop, like a developer to work out, well, actually, we can do this, we can't do that. Yeah. Because, yeah, or else you're going to get into this thing where you think you could do all this stuff and it's, yeah. Well, I think it was Jeffrey Zeldman that said, yeah, good, good designers, uh, good, or good web designers always code, always will. <laughs> or I'm paraphrasing, getting it slightly wrong, but it, it, it's true. I don't think you can design in a medium without knowing how to execute on those designs. I do think that in some ways that the lines have become quite blurred now in, in respect to what you're saying. And, uh, and it is very hard to say where a designer uh, ends and where a front end developer begins. And, um, and that's really hard. And like you say, you know, but in the back, you know, uh, bad old days when web pages were, pretty awful like you could be a master of everything and you could do everything yourself but now it's just not possible is it i mean i, I try desperately hard to keep up with what's going on and but certainly <laughs> in the front end um terms i've really lost kind of touch in the last year because it's moving so fast yeah um, absolutely i think really i sort of lost my way about three years ago with doing the back end stuff yeah um because you, you can't keep up with it all and and have a life to be yeah. perfectly honest. I mean, yeah, sure, if, and, and no disrespect to 20-year-olds out there, you know, yeah. if you're 20, you've got tons more energy than I've got, and you can work till 11 o'clock at night, no problems at all, every yeah. single night. I can't. My brain doesn't work that late anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a really important point, actually. I really do. So, you yeah. know, like I say, I start with a blank sheet of paper, and then I'll sort of code it up from there. But, you know, and obviously whilst you're coding, you're considering all the calls to action and, and where elements should be on the screen. And, and then you research is the most important. You know, how eye tracking survey works, what colors attract more clicks and how you balance that out on the site. You know, making sure the design is balanced, that the left side is the same weight as the right side. All of these things. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been not ranting so much, but certainly opinionated about things like Bootstrap. And I actually think they're really dangerous, more so than than taking from print. Um, you know, things like Bootstrap, may, they, it raises the bar a little at the bottom end of the market. Yeah. It encourages laziness. That's and, really and, interesting that point. That is a really interesting point, yeah. Yeah, I completely it's agree with that. It's a design button, and it's already there ready for you. You're just going to use it. You're not going to think, actually, is is this the best option for me? Yeah, and I guess you end up with very boring web pages because everything's the same. It's the same, the same. isn't it? it well, is, we've all like, seen the bootstrap. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think that's the problem with it, being a developer like us. It's kind of nice with the back-end thing. It's like, oh, we'll just use Bootstrap. And, of course, everyone yeah. else thinks the same thing, and then it just turns into, oh, it's another Bootstrap site. Yeah, well, That's fine if you're looking, I, I, I guess, you know, if, if you're building CMS systems or admin systems for people in the back end, then you've got that familiarity. Yeah. So there is a balance. Familiarity is a great thing for the end user. Mm. But True. it's not necessarily the right fit for the project you're working on. Yeah, I get quite annoyed. Well, not annoyed, but fed up of how many times you see a WordPress site where they've not even changed the custom theme. And it's just <laughs> hundreds of them on the web and it's 
Well, it's just heartbreaking. To you bring honest. up Lewis's favourite thing, WordPress. So <laughs> he's not here to defend it. He doesn't like it. Lewis hates WordPress. I've, I've, I've never gone anywhere near WordPress. To we. We, 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 we do bespoke everything. Um, yeah. I say bespoke. I mean, we, we, we say we, we don't use any CMS frameworks. Uh, we use Code Igniter and starting to go over to Laravel or Laravel. You can tell me how I'm meant to pronounce it. <laughs> good choice. <Both> good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, these are just words to me. It's Joe that makes the calls on these things. But, yeah, we're gradually moving away from Code Igniter for reasons that Joe knows and yeah. I trust. Um, so, well, you know, but everything else we do is bespoke, you know, and it's it's just carving out that little niche in the market. You know, if if, if I was a hipster, I'd say we did artisan websites, but I'm not a hipster. <laughs> I'd never say that. Certainly not on a podcast. Well, I did the cheeky thing, and as I often do, I've got a guest on the show, I went to your site and I looked at the source, and your philosophy definitely uh, ties in with mine. It was just really nice and clean, and there wasn't gunk in there. Um, it was really nicely done. Uh, so, yeah, no, really impressed, really nice. Well, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's, it's lean, and, 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 you know, talking of tools earlier and sort of mentioning Pingdom, I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's, that said, I had to have a rant, as, as I do like doing on Twitter once in a while, that uh, there was a web company over, I don't know, somewhere in Kent, and they were sort of going around everyone's website and looking at the homepage and the file size of it and then going, this is crazy. And I look <laughs> at the file size of this, completely missing the point, because we've, we've got a video on our homepage, which we're, we're in the process of reshooting, actually. But uh, the video on the homepage obviously knocks the page size up to about 14 and a half meg. Yeah. But, and it's a big but, it's, it's, yeah. it's a progressive thing. You know, the site loads in under a second. Well, wow. <laughs> the video comes in, you know, and, and it just annoys me that some people just look so black and white. Like, this fixed, this is what it is. I mean, they did, yeah, it's like in the dark ages again, isn't it? Where yeah. it's just like, this is what, yeah, this page is like, it's, that's the nice thing about the web is you can be responsive. You can adapt to different and environments and Absolutely. that's it. Yeah. Well, you've kind of just, uh, again, uh, I, one of the questions I ha- had for you, actually, was um, because I, I, I absolutely love the video. The video is amazing. It's the really video good. Is just so, I haven't seen something like that before done yeah. so well. I really think it's amazing. Oh, cool. Well, it's, it's only going to be there for another few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so when this podcast comes out, quickly rush to the site. And, uh... <laughs> I think your site and, um, and the other thing I noticed it on was on, on PayPal. I thought that video was pretty good on there. But yeah. Um, my question was going to be really was, um, are we seeing a bit of a revival with, with videos on websites? Um, cause like I say, I like say on PayPal, I've seen it on quite a few sites. I'm kind seeing of these it now. Full screen kind of uh, mm, video yeah. experiences. Yeah. I, I, I possibly, yeah. I mean, broadband speeds sort of allow us to play around with these things now. And yeah. video can done well. Video can be so powerful. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm evaluating a bit of software um, or, or something that I might want to use, I go to a website, there's a, you know, a two-minute video, or yeah. I can read page after page of text, I'm going to watch the video. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. if it's filmed interesting, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, just someone sat there on a chair looking at the camera on a white yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got yeah. no interest in that at all, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, broadband speeds means we can get away with it. I mean, the thing I get most concerned about, and I, I do get concerned about mm file sizes and page sizes because what seems to be coming back is preloading websites that I have to wait for a website to load again. Yeah, having a loading, your own own loading bar. I I thought we killed Flash. It's it's Flash (laughs) is dead, long live Flash or something. But that drives me up the wall. It really does. But um, but done done properly. 
done properly as these things always should be a video yeah. could be brilliant and yeah as i say we're just reshooting the, the video we've got there at the moment was was sort of done by a friend of mine uh as as, as almost like a tech test it's a html5 embedded in the site i'd not done that before and i wanted to um and now we've got that and it seems to have gone down well we're we're reshooting with a proper video production company oh, cool. uh, you know with rigs and all the rest of it i don't know more words i don't understand <laughs> But I, I had a meeting with him, and I'm a big sort of Wes Anderson fan, and uh, so we want to do a real sort of Wes Anderson kind of intro, and I think it's going to be fun. I hope oh, it's wow. and not cheesy or too pastiche, or <laughs> it's always the balance. Yeah, that sounds very cool. Yeah, I guess... I'll, I'll let you know when it's done. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess for me, sort of a lot of those things is then that sounds lazy, but then you've got to consider all the the uh, you know the the backwards compatibility and the uh, graceful degradation and all that kind of I-6. stuff. Did everyone just say, I, oh, no, yeah, I mean, me and Ed are on, now, I think we're on we're IE6, going, me yeah. and Ed. We can, we, can, yeah. we develop for IE9+. Plus. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I agree. We get away with it, to be perfectly honest, because, um, you know, most of the sites we're developing are for the UK market or Europe. Uh, certainly my site, you know, my target markets, London, Kent, any, anyone yeah. in the UK or anyone around the world, but I'm not trying to, my market isn't, you know, developing nations with, with old tech equipment. That, that's just not my market. If it was, if I was the Amazon of this world, then yeah, sure, I'd still be supporting IE6, IE7. Yeah. And I think like for our kind of work, I mean, I completely agree with what you say. And I think if, if people want that, then I would have it in the contract to say, well, look, okay, we'll, we'll make it compatible for this browser, but you have to understand that it's going to be a lot more work. So we charge extra for that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. in our contract. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. We have a list of supported devices, a list of supported browsers and, you know, absolutely. We'll, we'll develop anything for any browser within reason, but you know, there will be an extra charge for that. Yeah. How, how do you test then with all these browsers? Do you just load up loads of virtual machines or do you actually have physical machines that you go to? A, a bit of both, to be honest. I've got a couple of old Android handsets and uh, I've got a couple of old PCs in the office. Um, an old laptop still running Vista. You know, that, oh, dear. Yep. You know I don't <laughs> throw anything away. This will get reused. But yeah, for the rest of it, it's is virtual boxes, basically, on my Mac. They it's, save uh, so much time, don't they? Just absolutely. Just them up fire up IE7. Does it work? Yes or That's no? It. Microsoft having to pretty much be forced to release all these nice virtual boxes for us because <laughs> of their stupid browser, which is always great. Well, it's, it's them that's put us in this. That's thing. it, exactly. They're like, we're really sorry now. Here you go. Have well, these they've, they've got better. You know, I'm all for encouraging companies that when they've actually turned a corner. Yeah, they are trying now. Um, I think they're taking it seriously. Yeah. Which is sad though, because obviously they, it's all the fact that with IE6, the only reason why it came about and it just stagnated was thought they, oh, we've done the web now. It's over and done with. Oh, brilliant. Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could just say, just put no, a stamp no, on it, we're done. That's it. Finished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> XHTML, we're done. Oh, no, oh let's do Imagine HTML. if we'd stop there. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know what? I, I said I had no hot picks. I did have a hot pick. You two just kind of remind me, really. What's that? Um, that Android emulator. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if I pronounced this right, but Genie Motion? Put it in the I guess it's Genie Motion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just a really nice Android emulator. Um, which is actually not dog slow, which the thing, yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've had experience with this, Chris, but I, I'm just kind of dipping my toes in the water with app development at the moment. And then I want to start off by making a, an Android app, but sure. the, the Android development kit and the emulator that you get is just so painfully slow. 
and I was looking for a solution. And I know Ed had quite a bit of success doing things manually. You ha- yeah, you had to tweak all this stuff of the. I mean, this is one of the things where yeah. again, Apple just do it right out of the box. Like, yeah, you need to yeah. make this right. You shouldn't have to go through all these tutorials like, after installing the software because of. <laughs> yeah, but um, this this thing is really like friendly, nice. Um, GUI and it's just really easy to use and really simple. So yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Won't bang on about it too much, but definitely check it out if you need like a nice Android emulator. It's pretty nice. Oh, I think I've only used online ones to start recently. To be honest, yeah, yeah. See, they're quite cool, aren't they? Because the idea is then you can just send it off and it will go, and they'll just have their own instances of stuff. You can say, look, just here's a screenshot of everything. Yeah, there's there's one with Adobe right as well. It's part of their I think they've got. Yeah, that they can, they just fire off in their own virtual machines. They load yeah. it up and test it and see what any significant differences between the lot. Yeah. It, 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 that's the hard thing. I think that kind of, oh, that's another thing I was like, ask. Like, so do you ever design, so you say you design on pen and paper, then do you move into Photoshop or do you move kind of directly into coding? Straight into code. Straight into code. I, I love that. I, I, mm. I don't, I don't know how to use Photoshop. <laughs> that is <laughs> cool. Designers admit that, but I've, I've got a copy of it. And, and I occasionally open it and work out how to delete layers, but it's not what I do. It That's just confuses cool. me. <laughs> I think that I think that is kind of a yeah a telling sign of what the web is. You know, I mean, really, yeah, it's its own medium. I mean, I was going to say like Photoshop because it seems to be used for everything, and yeah. it's a strange one because yeah, everyone uses it for all these different things, and it's kind of like well, there isn't really actually an application that's specific for designing for the web that is obviously any good. Like obviously you've got Dreamweaver and all these things, but. Yeah. You know, as you say, like just getting into the code because that's in the end is going to be the end result, and they're the limitations you have. You you really haven't got like layers and all this stuff to be able to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, once upon a time, you know, I, I I just work quicker that way. It's not a snobbery thing. It's it's just I work quicker that way. I've 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 designed enough websites and coded up enough websites in my time that I kind of kind of know what I'm doing. I guess now that I don't need to comp it in Photoshop, and I'm I'm certainly not going to be sending clients comps in Photoshop. And then having to go back to explain why they don't look the same because it's a responsive site. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what I was going like, to say. Yeah, the whole PNG of what it, this is what it looks yeah. like, and then yeah, and you're going back and on there. Well, way. it doesn't look like what you sent me initially. <laughs> yeah, I signed off on this. What's going on here? <laughs> I mean, I, I use Pixelmator, which is just uh, something I got off the App Store for about twenty quid, and that does image cropping and image resizing. Mm. <laughs> that, that's nice. all I need. That's very cool. I kind of think well. I we have a lot of meetings at work with developers and designers, and uh, I I tend not to get involved with um, with things that are design front end um kind of revolving. But I kind of think I I'm quite open minded on how people do it. If people want to use Photoshop, that's cool, and if people want to design the browser, that's fine. I, but I guess thing that would make sense to me with designing the browser is when you start thinking of things like CSS free stuff, on particularly like animations, that kind of stuff. How do you kind of translate that vision into Photoshop? It, it's surely easier to do it the way that you're doing, I guess, um, to just do it and code it up straight away and, and do it that way, I guess. I think it's the only real way to test as well. If, if yeah. these crazy ideas I've scribbled out are actually going to work for going from, you know, different screen widths or different devices. Yeah, because yeah. that's not the whole responsive thing. I mean, doing that yeah. in Photoshop, I mean, that's we, just not possible. Otherwise, <laughs> you end up getting to the point where you're doing a desktop site and a mobile site. That's it. That's it. Or, yeah, you're doing like an iPad, an iPhone, and a desktop. And, it's and just, that's just missing the point of responsive. Yeah, the absolutely. whole idea of responsive is future-proofing it because we don't know what's coming next. 
and we really don't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. of... that's it. That's the truth. We really don't. Yeah, the next device Apple releases, we have no idea what they're going to do. Or something. I mean, so... I, I remember laughing with with plenty of other people at the iPad. Oh, it's just a big iPhone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What, what do name. I know? <laughs> and now it's yeah, exactly. It's now become the the facto pretty much. Def- I mean, a lot of people have just removed the idea of having needing a desktop in their lives. Well, that's it. Yeah, you know, there's, there's plenty of people out there. And I have people, you know, friends, family come to me and sort of say, oh, I'm thinking of getting a new computer. I'm going to get, a, you know, a MacBook Pro. And I said, sort of, oh, all right, well, that's a good choice. But what are you using it for? Yep. Oh, well, surfing an email. Yeah. It's like, well, there's an option, that, you know, yes. that maybe, yeah. I think you'd buy an iPad or something. Yep. And that's all you need. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Absolutely. Didn't someone, like, say famously a little while ago that the desktop is dead or something? Or I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think, uh, you know what? But... I think it's dead for the main, not mainstream. I, I think it's more, it's a specific thing now, isn't it, really? I think you'd use it for, like, as we would use it for developing people gaming, but then, yeah, I suppose. I'm, I'm still more comfortable on, a, on my iMac than yeah. I am my MacBook, I guess. I still, I love my MacBook, but um, yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of leads us nicely onto this topic. And, uh, it's not a topic I particularly like, and I think the word is like a swear word. But um, whoa, okay, watch out, Mickey. What is going <laughs> this on? It's the here? second time I've kind of phrased this badly, isn't it? But uh, yeah, the whole responsive topic. Responsive. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think we've got quite a few questions on this, really. But I, I had a massive rant with one of our front end developers, and we, it's not uncommon for us to have massive arguments. But um, <laughs> we, we love each other greatly outside of work. Uh, in <laughs> inside a friendship work, I kind hate of way. you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, and the thing is, I used to share his argument, so it was a bit weird. I was almost like arguing with myself, but, uh, I used to, uh, where I used to work, I used to get annoyed if I didn't get a design for, uh, a mobile, the tablet, and the desktop device. And there's pretty other sizes now. But I've actually kind of, I, in theory now, I don't agree with that. I actually think you should have one design and that, the way that you code it makes it suitable for all devices, but again, it, it's a really it's, it's hard then because then the designers kind of said this is what I want it to be, and then really what happens there is the developer is actually then designing it as well because then they're the yeah. one. And I, yeah. I think it's like you know, Chris, what you do, I think that's the only way you can do responsive right is if actually the designer is the guy who's in there coding it as well because that's they have then the control because. It's that whole kind of, as you, as you were saying, Mickey, with like, when does a designer stop and a developer begin? Mm. Well, I think with responsive and stuff, it's not. It's gone from the fact of you can't just do it in Photoshop and give it to a developer to then, you know, develop if it's going to be a responsive site or maybe if it's a single page application or something. The first question I was going to ask was, um, do you do you start with the mobile view and then work up? Because that, that seems to be the accepted kind of rule now. Yeah, is that- it's a bit on trend, isn't it? You know, the sort of mm. mobile first. I'm, I'm not against the principle. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably, no, I probably don't design mobile first, to be honest. But when I'm designing, I'm thinking of mobile. Yeah, you know, yeah. Will I need this element? Will this translate to mobile? But like I say, because I start with a pen and paper, I, I roughly <laughs> draw out a rectangle. And I, I guess it's probably <laughs> about 960 pixels wide is what I'm working on. I don't know. And yeah. then, then sort of think about as I'm putting this element in. Okay, these these two oh, these these two sections are, are next to each other here. Well, I guess when we go down to mobile, they'll stack on top of each other. <laughs> you know, that's sort of the approach I take with it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The idea I th- first, the the technical bit second. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's my my attitude on it as well, to be honest. 
Um, the other question I was going to ask you, uh, I kind of, I was just getting into this when I, I stopped doing any front end work really. My, my last role involved quite a bit of front end work, but now I'm, I'm strictly back end. But it was certainly when I stopped doing it, certainly getting to the point where these kind of like, uh, what they like high resolution images for these retina displays. Yeah. It was coming into fashion and I never really understood it or, or worked with it, but is that something that, that you do or get requests for or well, it's, it's something we, we we do anyway um, yeah i mean i certainly don't go double the size yeah i don't think you need I've, i can't see the difference i mean my eyesight's not what it used to be but i, I struggle to see the difference i mean if if you have i argue it's take a thousand pixels even talking pixels is just ridiculous in this day and age isn't it but you know, yeah, roughly a yeah. thousand pixel image, and then you're worried about you know having to display it at two thousand pixels. Well, you're never going to do it. Yeah. You know, but if you go up to fourteen hundred, you, you'll get that extra sharpness. And mm. I doubt too many people would notice the difference. To be honest, only people looking for it probably. Yeah, I, I agree with that. To be honest with you, um, just you know, we've got new we've got new tools coming. You know, the picture element looks exciting um, yeah. for CSS, um, but we'll we'll see what that brings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to ask you one more question. I keep uh, badgering you. I'll let Ed jump in in a minute. But uh, <laughs> how important is your Mac to you and, uh, <laughs> and your process? My Mac? Uh, yeah. I can yeah. tell you're a Mac guy because I look at your website. So, yeah. Yeah, I am. But to, to be honest with you, that I've only been a Mac guy for about three years. Yeah, me too, to be honest. But I, I was happy using Windows, you know. Yeah. Well, I say <laughs> happy. I don't know, happy and Windows in the same sentence. I, I, I tolerated it. It didn't matter too much because I'm because I'm a hand coder and I don't use Photoshop and yeah. you know, I, I don't need too much sort of umph behind it. And I used to like having a PC so I could play the games on them as well. Yeah. To, to, to be honest, I, I had an unnecessarily high spec PC so I could play, you know, full. <laughs> Or, or Half-Life 2 when that came out, that kind of thing, you know. And I do still yeah. keep PC around. It's it's rarely turned on because it makes a bloody racket. <laughs> so you invested in a nice graphics card, that kind of stuff, did you? Oh, or? absolutely. You know, yeah. and, you know, made sure I had a solid-state drive and all of this. Nice. Yeah. Stuff. It, was, it was a nice machine. But uh, I, then, I then bought an iMac. I don't even know why I did. And it sat on my desk for about eight, nine months. And I was just using it to browse the web. And it was beautiful for doing it. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I've got, I've got to change this bit of software. I can't get that bit of software on a Mac. And it was, right, when have I got time to learn new things? And in the end, yeah. the PC I was using sort of died. You know, I had to, it would have been, right, I've got to rebuild it again for the 15th time this year. And I thought, no, I'm not bothering anymore. Yeah, let's actually use this Mac. Let's go through the couple of months of pain of learning it. That's interesting. So, I mean, are you um, are you one over now with Macs, or yeah, would Mac you? Convert, oh, absolutely. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. the other Mac user now looks down my nose at <laughs> <laughs> anyone mentioning how wonderful Windows Eight is. Oh, really? <laughs> I yeah, saw yeah. some. I, I was out at the weekend and uh, just out with the with the kids and took them to a, a sort of wood play la- uh, playground area and there was some sort of people doing sculpture and things like that and someone taking photos and recording video and I saw these people in the cafe afterwards and because I'm nosy I get involved oh what are you doing why are you doing that and uh, and, and they were like playing around with the video files on, on a huge like uh, Microsoft laptop yeah. I was like what were you thinking <laughs> why did you get this thing it must weigh a ton you could do that on a MacBook Air <laughs> yeah so true so very yeah. true. I think the biggest thing that got me across, like most people, was was the iPhone. 
Yeah, that was I the gateway drug, wasn't it? Was. It's it's because everyone loved the iPhone. It was so different at the time. Yeah. Then it was like, oh, they've got this whole idea of Mac, and then it'll be easier, you know. And yeah, that whole ecosystem kind of. And then, then you get sucked into it, and now I've got Apple TV, I've got my Mac, that's <laughs> Mac it. Yeah, it's everything. So, yes. The only thing I've got rid of is is my iPad. I don't. I, I, I had a first generation iPad, and I just don't use it because I've got the MacBook Air that I can actually code on as well. Yeah, I suppose that's like, a good point, actually. Mickey, how do you feel that? Because like, you've got... Yeah, because yeah, you, yeah, it's so honestly, light and everything. You just don't... It's like we same story. I've just literally got rid of my first-generation iPad, and honestly, I still think that was an amazing bit of kit. Oh. I don't know. It, it has slowed down because of the uh, the iOS updates and stuff, but it's still a brilliant bit of kit. I've just given it to my mother-in-law, but like you say, the MacBook Air... My wife. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the MacBook Air is so light and boots up so quick. And it's, it's a kind full of, laptop. It's a full, yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got your keyboard, your trackpad. It's, it's actually, for me, I, I just don't... I'd like an iPad mini maybe at some point, but yeah. it'd be a luxury rather than requirement at this stage, I guess. So, uh, I think yeah, I'd I, get one to read books on, to be honest. I think that would be yeah. the reason that I, I, I would get an iPad now, and that just seems like a, a lot of money to spend to read some books. True, yeah. Um, that's a good point, and especially when you've got something like a Kindle with... Know, like the liquid ink and that kind of stuff, it, it'd be, uh, be yeah, a bit of a toss up, I guess. I tend to read sort of tech books on my phone, to be honest, because that way it's yeah. always with me if I'm waiting for a bus or yeah. you're taking the kids to some kind of god awful soft play area or yeah, something. You just want to <laughs> zone out for about 15 minutes or say, Mickey, take notes on this. Yeah, I am. It's a valuable dad's <laughs> gift. <laughs> always have your own distractions in your pocket and, and, and that's the phone you know that's got everything on it i need i'll check my email go on twitter and then read a book yeah that's Perfect. great advice <laughs> uh sorry ed i keep uh, no, like, you, uh, I, I was really kind of the probably not the nice uh, frameworks then front end frameworks because mm. there's a big old thing in the back end frameworks and they're very useful um, but there seems to be this kind of, yeah, this with Bootstrap and Zurb and all these, kind of the idea of you have to use a framework in the front end. Um, I guess, do you find that they help? I mean, I know you're saying with Bootstrap, you know, it probably does. Or do you find that really, actually, it's kind of confusing, the making it more confusing, adding, chunk, you know, lo- lots of, like, stuff that's not going to be used to the, your actual website? I'm just a bit of a control freak, I think. I just don't like stuff even in my CSS files that I'm not using. You know, if yep. I've coded something up for a page and then that element's not being used anymore, I'll, I'll delete it from the CSS. I don't like... And it's not me being super geeky about it. I just don't like bloat because I don't like mess. And it's going to cause... Pro- mm. it's, it's extra places that could cause problems. And, yeah, it's exactly. If it's not used, just, why... You know, I have a really simple... So, well, now a SAS sheet that I start with, and it is really simple. It, it has only the very basics. No styling in it at all. More structure than styling. Are you, are you a reset guy or are you a normalised type of guy? Yeah, no, I've, I've got reset code at the top, which I've been... I've, I've got a new one recently, but I've been using the same one forever. I, I don't understand most of it, to be honest. Oh, I know. You, you literally <laughs> look... You could, there's so many different ones as well. I remember the old days of just doing the star pseudocode and you could just say padding zero and margin zero, yeah. but then you've got the whole... <laughs> I mean, I think Eric Mayer's one, isn't it? He's his kind of, for me, it's the de facto of that's how I kind of do it. I'm embarrassed to know I don't even know where mine comes from. <laughs> hey, if it, work, <laughs> it, if works. it works, it works. That's yeah. it, exactly. And that's it. Like, I didn't really know there was alternatives. But I, I've always used Eric Mayer's one. 
Uh, I'm a reset guy as well. There's like a but... yeah, there's like a website called cssreset.com and it's like got a right. collection of them all. But yeah, there's some weird. Yeah, it's surely I, they all do the same thing. Otherwise, well, this it's... is it. That's what I was thinking. I think they do it slightly. I mean, the normalized way is kind of quite interesting. Like instead of nuking the page mm-hmm. and saying no, nothing, it will just put sensible defaults. But then I kind of think, as you're saying, like, well, you're designing a website the way you want to. You're going to reset yeah. it anyway. You want to reset it. You don't want to kill a blank page. To be honest, yeah, you just want yeah. a blank page, no panning on anything. You, yeah. It's like, as you say, I want to do it my way, and because it's your website, you know, you don't want to have to have like these pre already. And I have to say, like I said, I mean, I keep going on about how because your website is, but um, that's I, all right, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you might not know, but basically, my home broadband with a name a company I won't name and shame, but I basically get a speed of about twenty warehouse. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I get about twenty eight kilobytes per year, uh, so it's like <laughs> rational. Yeah, it's it's pretty reliable. Um, so most websites take about a week to load, but your site with the video as well is just really fast to load up. And like I said, I looked at the, the source code and you can tell that you don't go for that whole bloat. You literally you seem to have control on everything that goes in there. Um, There's that and good hosting as well. To be yes, true. Very um, good point. We had a we had a client recently, and we designed a website for them, and obviously, you know, made sure we we gave the same <laughs> level of detail and attention to their code as we do our own. Um, and and they had some hosting from a, a company that might rhyme with one two three veg. Uh, <laughs> and nice. it it was it was running so slowly that I had my client coming to me to something up with my website. What's wrong with it? And I said, right, okay, let me upload it to our server. Um, <laughs> Here you go. Here's the two sites, and, I, and and our server was running it, you know, five times quicker. That's crazy. Wow. So we do try and you know get as many people on our web hosting as possible because you know we just basically lease a, a load of virtual dedicated servers. That's not a load, a few, but we won't overload them. Yep. Yeah. That's we it, haven't got it? that it's, commercial pressure to do that. That's it. It's like you can then you know kind of mac yeah yeah not just trying to chuck as many sites on a box as possible. Absolutely. So you know, and if we, we sort of have a sort of sliding scale of, of, of cost for it as well. That you know, if if one of our clients' websites get really busy, brilliant. It means we've done our job well, but also it means they've got to pay a bit more for hosting. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we might double their hosting charge and then put one less person on that server. So, how, yeah. how do you, are you use like Amazon EC2 or DigitalOcean? That kind of. No, I, I don't mind giving a name check to to the best IT company around, which is a company based in Kent uh, called Akita. Oh, have to check yeah. them out. Yeah, akita.co.uk, and they, they're just lovely guys. They have virtual servers that they set up for us because, you know, I'm, I'm not IT. I'm really not. They set everything up for us. When I've got a problem, I phone up, and you know what? They've got three guys who work in the support department, and I'll speak to one of them, and they remember me, and they know me, and they don't have to ask for my See, log. that's so cool. I think, Very cool. I think yeah. that's one of the – this is the trouble with, like, Amazon, because I think with Amazon you have to pay to uh, – even have the privilege of talking to them and then digital oceans obviously in america yeah. um I, I use memset for a bit because they're in english i think that as you say it's like when the server goes down you want to talk to someone and you want it to be on your time zone and you want yeah i mean this is great this is interesting like they mm-hmm. just don't bore me with it either you know <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest i was like, <laughs> phone them up and say everything's backed up isn't it and they went yeah yeah of course i said oh you can restore something for me yeah where is it and, and it's done there and there on the phone and you know, you get to know people after a while. You sort of, oh, how have you been? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how was your holiday? And, and I, you know what? I, I probably pay them maybe ten pound a month more than I was paying UK two or one two three reg or someone like that. And you know, it's worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and it's it's not an 0845 number. You know, the thing that always gets me yep. with is, is, well, you struggle to find a phone number, and if you get through, then you're on hold for half an hour to speak to someone who, who doesn't know you and doesn't know your website and doesn't know the problems. Or and treat, doesn't really care either. It's like they just they'll treat you like a bit of an idiot, yep. you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't need that. I just need someone to take that headache away from me and let me get on with what I'm good at. Yes, I completely agree. Just you want to do your job, let them do theirs. And yeah, that's a great relationship, I think. I think actually, Mickey, we were talking about this probably a bit earlier today. Like, I think it's funny yeah. like in the web game um, that we kind of feel that we have to know everything or we have to be at least... You know, in other in other profession or in other like uh, well programming, you know, like you will be just the coder and then you'll have a DevOps team or something. But with websites, especially like when you're small businesses and stuff, you feel like yeah, you have to know from the server and up. And it's nice if like companies like this that you can kind of give that control over to them and say, look, this is I want to do my job and do that well. You do your job and you do that well. Yeah, and I, I, you know, like I said to you, I mean, I always beat myself up. That I don't understand, um, kind of the, the folder structure and how everything works, um, kind of on a, on a Unix level. But like you say, it's a, it's a lot to know. And uh, well, that's it. And but then I think it's a detriment to yourself because then you're kind of not allowing yourself to get good yeah. at one. You know, like yeah, yeah. spreading yeah. yourself too thin. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, I companies definitely. like this that actually do it and do it right. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess it's that whole, you know, uh, jack of all trades and master of none if you're not careful, I guess. That's it. That, that is the saying. Yeah. I just always like to think you, you need to have enough information to know when someone's lying to you or not. Yes. Yeah, that's a very good point. Calling BS. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I put that as politely as I could. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, remember very Lewis's point. silly billy tax? Yeah, <laughs> I will never forget it. Yeah. Oh, was it a sliding sort of so, uh, so, so, Yeah. So depending on the client and uh, how much this. how silly they are and the tax, yeah, you would add a silly Billy tax, which I yes. think is a good, uh, nice way of saying, you know. Yeah. I, I, I take it he doesn't call it a silly Billy tax. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Only the fuck up silly Billy. Like, what's this silly Billy tax added? <laughs> um. Can I take you back to the responsive topic for a minute? Because um, I did have another question, really. I mean, the whole word, like I say, just strikes fear into my soul. But, I mean, how do you feel about it? And for me, I'm, I'm always worried about our traders in general that we're in this kind of race to the bottom in terms of pricing. And I know some companies just literally, it's like responsive by default now. It's all including the price. And oh, I kind of think, how, how can you do that when... It is more work. Whatever your workflow, it is more work, surely. Well, we had to put prices up to cover it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Our minimum order's gone up. It's, it's, it's double what it was a few years ago because <laughs> there's loads more devices and I've got to dis- design responsibly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, thankfully, we've been very lucky. We have very loyal clients. We, we look after them when they come back, so we've, we've not had that issue. And putting prices up is never easy. No. Um but uh, but yeah, no, we have more work to do. People have to pay more for it. It's it's that simple. I'm not interested in a race to the bottom. That's not why people come to us. And yeah. you know, I guess the the bottom then becomes people using templates. You know, templates. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. The, do you find that people kind of think, oh, well, you know, your job is just going, you know, theme forest or something? And it's like, well, that's kind of completely taking. Yeah. Really, it's an insult. It's like, well, you know, like saying that obviously, oh yeah, this fourteen dollar template is as good as your work on the custom bespoke software. But they're, they're different customers. Yeah, 
you know, I, I don't feel threatened by them in the slightest, to be perfectly honest. You look at something like um, Squarespace. If, if I have a client come to me who can't afford us, and, and that's fine. You know, people ask for a price, we give them a price, and if they say, you know, that's a lot more than we're willing to spend. I say, well, as an experiment to see, especially on new ventures, if you want to get something up and running to see what people are going to, you know, how people are going to react to your product, go on Squarespace, design your site there, it'll be responsive. It should help, hopefully help you make it look nice. It's not a design. This, I, I, I do have that little, little sticking point when, when people describe it as choose from one of these designs. Well, they're not designs because they're not solving a problem. Yeah, that's you, a great way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, th- th- they are templates. They yeah. are layouts. And that, that's absolutely fine for, for most people, to be honest. People tend to come to us these days when they're on their, I don't know, maybe their second or third website. And they've done it cheap a couple of times. It's never quite delivered what they wanted to do. And you end up coming out with these sort of sales lines, which are, which are absolutely true, that a website designed and built properly will make you money. It won't cost you a penny. Yeah. Yeah, that is a great kind of ethos. Completely agree with that. You know, it's it's your salesman. It's working 24-7 for you. You know, and <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and so well, let's let's pluck a number out the air and and say right, well, website A is going to cost you ten thousand pounds. Well, how many sales is that to you? You know, if if you're dealing with a big company or you're dealing with a company that's selling high value goods, that could be one sale. Yeah, for a second there, I thought you were asking me the question. I was trying to do the maths in my head. I was getting really panicking and sweating, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I completely agree. You know, and 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 it's also if you code it properly, it's going to last longer. If you cope yeah. responsibly, it's going to last longer. It's that simple. So all of a sudden, your ten grand website that's lasted in five years is costing you two grand a year. Yes, yeah, you are uh, your best ever salesman. Two grand a year with no yeah. commission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely agree. You know, it's it's, but you know, some people just don't have that that money to spend, and that's fine. And, and we try and be as nice as possible and give them as much advice as possible. And and it's happened. You know, we we'll, we'll give people a bit of advice, and three years later, they'll come back to us. Yeah, I'm all about that. We ran a That's uh, nice. we had an open day at the office. It was actually Joe's idea, um, and we we ran an open day at the office, uh, sort of advertised it on Twitter and and a few other places, and got a lot of mentions and things. And people were just turning up throughout the day, and it was never meant to be a sales thing at all. It was just people turning up asking questions about their websites, not ones we've designed, obviously. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so really sat idea. with them and say, okay, you know, you might want to look at this, you know. Your, your padding around elements could be better. You, you, why not try a different font? You know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, your logo is taking up half the page. Everyone <laughs> loves their logo, but yeah. let's bring that down and then try and get some call to actions up there. You know, that, that kind of thing. And, mm. and that was really nice to do. And, and you'd hope, you know, we got asked to quote for a couple of jobs from it. And you sort of hope that that sort of goodwill we put in will come back yeah. down the line. <clears throat> Absolutely. I, Sorry, Ed, go. I was just going to say, uh, one, one question I do like is, for design and stuff like that, what, what inspires you? Where do you get inspiration from? On it? Mm. Other websites or different mediums? Is... Yeah, well, certainly not other websites, to be honest. Um, a, a lot, for, believe it or not, podcasts, listening to you know other people's yeah. problems, um, following people far brighter than me on Twitter. Look, looking through magazines, so I, I take influence from print now. I mean, one of the weaknesses I always thought I had was typography. And obviously, that's yeah. the kind of thing. I go into WH Smiths, and I don't care what the subject matter is. I'm looking for the most beautifully put together. <laughs> yeah. The nice font. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I started buying things like the, there's there's some something about handcrafts or something called Frankie, and then there's another one called the Smith Journal, which is an American journal. And a lot of the snow, I'm not into snowboarding at all, but a lot of the snowboarding and skateboarding magazines were really nicely laid out and really interesting. Yeah, that's true about everything, isn't it? Like I remember watching a program on like like uh, companies were investing millions, like just for their labels on bottles of wine, because it was that that sold it to a uh, a customer. Yeah. Not like, you know, how good your your friend said that bottle of wine was. It's literally the, the thing that's most eye-catching, the thing that looks nicest. Yeah, um, yeah I completely agree. Um, so, I mean, for me, there's obviously two sides of the inspiration. You know, one of them's the design bit, but then then you get the other side of it, which is the running a business part of it. And so, yeah, that's probably where more of the podcasts come in. And, and then, yeah. I, I don't know, anyone running a web design business, uh, Mike Montero's design as a job is basically holy scripture. Is mm. it's brilliant, and you know any designers who haven't read it, read it. <laughs> yeah, it's that simple. But I, I've got a great love for science as well, and 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 that sort of crosses over into what we do because to be a designer, you quite simply need to be a critical thinker. You need to learn how to be a critical thinker, how to how to evaluate, to question, to not fall back on past solutions, and and sort of trying to shoehorn them to fit new and different problems. And, yeah. you know, I, I like to think with our portfolio, there's there's quite a bit of diversity there because we're solving different problems. And that's, you know, obviously what we put on our portfolio is is deliberately different stuff. You know, we might have some that are of a similar vein, but it's it's never the same solution for, for two different clients, ever. Going, uh, I'm really segueing here, sorry. Uh, Ed's probably pulling his hair up. But uh, <laughs> I just think, I mean, how I often think with um, Steve Jobs, I think as much as his kind of great business acumen and all the rest, but and lovely I think his, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his appreciation for design, I think was perhaps as, as much anything. And obviously Johnny Ive and the work that he does, but primarily Steve Jobs, he, his understanding of the importance of design, I think was as much the reason behind his success as anything else. We started uh, it as well, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, brave yeah. man. Yeah, completely. It's nice that Johnny Ives an uh, English guy as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, very cool. But uh, uh, that's not to say that everything. I, I've I've never been one to copy an Apple website or anything like that. I, you know, yeah. even now it frustrates the hell out of me when I can't remember what I was looking at. But I was I was on the Apple website on my iPhone and having a terrible experience of it. Because yeah. it no, that wasn't. doesn't help, does it? That is. It wasn't responsive, <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm trying to buy something. Or I might have been looking before I bought my MacBook Air and just sort of. And having on the yeah. iPhone, oh dear! And I thought this is a terrible yeah. experience. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's quite shocking, actually, isn't it? You think they'd be all over that, but and, yeah. they, and they did. You know, skeuomorphism. They sort of uh, sort of got a bad rap, and they certainly did a hell of a lot of that. I mean, it was really useful in parts. It really encouraged people to come over to using digital. To yeah. it got them away from it got them used to using a bit of digital kit where they used to use something you know physical or yeah. analog before. So. You know that's not all bad, but you sort of, whatever Apple does, everyone jumps on the bandwagon of it, and it, it just seems a bit crazy. I don't think certainly mm. on on their website of things. You know their products are great, but actually on their websites, ugh, I've never been overly impressed by anything, to be honest. Yeah, definitely room for improvement, I think. But uh, not that I can talk, but uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But, you know, if anyone from Apple happens to listen, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we are all available for jobs. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure I could. Could you do it? Could you go and work for a company that huge? Oh, I'd love to. 
even if it's just for like a year, just to you've uh, learned so much, yeah, 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 definitely. Maybe not directly like for Steve Jobs when he was around, because that sounds like it was a bit of a uh, (laughs) a a horrific megalomaniac or something. Yeah, 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 genius, but yeah, evil genius, evil genius. Well, the reason I set up my own business is because I'm a terrible employee. (laughs) (laughs) Always had a bit of a problem with authority. Well, I'm going to work for myself. That's it. Uh, I'm very jealous. I definitely it's something that would appeal to me one day. Um, yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think one day I will. But it's it's having the guts and the uh, kind of financial stability to do it. I guess, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, as we sort of discussed earlier, I mean, I sort of got forced into it a little bit. But uh, yeah, and 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 that's often the tale. I mean, if you, if you mm. wait for the right time to do it, you'd never do it. Sure, uh, but yeah. you know, not. You know, don't get me wrong. There, there are better times to choose than others. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I was going to ask, we have already kind of talked about this a little bit, but um, how useful are things like, uh, I mean, .NET Magazine, Web Designer Magazine, in terms of keeping up to date with all the, the trends on design and, and how much do you let that influence you, I guess? I, I, I stopped buying them, to be honest, about a year ago. Yeah. Um, I, do, I just never really read them, and... There's two parts of them. Number one, you you have interviews with your sort of you know your well-known web designers and things like that, clever people. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but I follow most of them on Twitter anyway. Yeah, the the people I respect and want to hear from anyway. Um, yeah. So and, and and then you get the code sections and the useful techniques, but I've I've never been a person to sit down and do the tech bit first. Yeah. You need yeah. to know what's possible. Um, yeah. And, and and you can get that from Twitter and, and a list apart and places like that or Smashing Magazine. That mm. you know, I, I tend to like to sketch out a design, then think, how the hell am I going to code this, or how am I going to get that to work like I want it to work, and then yeah. I'll go and find the answer. Yeah, you know, I've I've got the sum total of the world's knowledge at my fingertips. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to pre-learn it because I'll only forget it. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. I, I've kind of gone the same way, to be honest with you. I, I, I might buy it if I'm going on holiday. Yeah, know. something to read on the train or something. Yeah, yeah. But I'd, I'd rather buy something else. I'd rather buy a new scientist or something. I, I find that clients like to uh, buy these magazines, so they actually have like buzzwords about <laughs> oh, in, in yeah. meetings. You know, they'll be like, "Oh, well, we could use Node for this. How about the JS or something? Like, how about a bit of Angular? Maybe it's like, oh, so you know your buzzwords now, do you?" Yeah, now tell me what they mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how can we go into this? Let's talk. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they seem to see, and it's like, I think the problem is, is like with a lot of these kind of things, they all they all kind of um, emphasize our WordPress and and all that. So they they make, as we we're talking about the bar, you know, like making the race to the bottom. They do kind of enforce that in a sense, like saying, yeah, you know, it's it's just WordPress. You just install WordPress and this plugin and this plugin. I'm just and so it'll... sick of hearing about WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I, I mean, think... one of the podcasts I've always listened to is the Shop Talk. Uh, yes, that they talk about it, don't they? I've, I've had to stop. You yeah. know, I, I don't listen to every one now, to be honest, yeah. because it's it's a bit WordPress. WordPress. Well, how do I do this in WordPress? In WordPress for, for people who don't use WordPress, there's a seventy five percent discount. <laughs> they should just release a version without the WordPress yeah. talk, and it's just ten minutes. I like that. A premium version, no WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, and it's yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? And again, the WordPress code base is horrible, 
and we we had Phil Sturgeon on last a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that the trouble with WordPress is is because the reason why it's still alive is because it's so popular. So people still build extensions for it and still use it, and it's kind of this self you know fulfilling thing where it's still yeah alive because everyone's still using it. There's no kind of yeah moving on to other things. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's good WordPress developers and bad WordPress developers. I, yes. I know some some great ones, and and they know exactly how to do it and how to maximize its potential and, and and not slow sites down to a crawl. But for every good one, there's ten bad ones, unfortunately. And it's it's yeah. easy to get into, as I understand. I've never used it. I I think I had to administer a, an old client's one of their old websites. So oh, we've got a WordPress site. Can you update this? I said, look, I've never used it before but I'll give it a go. And I managed to struggle through and get done what I needed to do. But it's mm. it's quite intimidating, even from a, a user's point of view, I think. You know, there's thousands of options, it seems. And I don't know, I haven't looked at it for years. Maybe it's got better, but... Mm. No. No, I'd say just <laughs> yeah, don't look at it. I don't look at it either. It's just, yeah. It's just not uh, where I want to be and not where I want to be, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, Chris, um, we're getting close to the hour mark, I guess, but... Uh, we kind of primarily did this podcast for um, to try and encourage people to get into the web, and definitely for people out there who who feel intimidated and think, "Oh, I'd love to be a web developer, but you know, I'm not a genius, 14 year old kid who who's great with computers." But yeah. we try and dispel those those myths. Um, but w- could you give your advice for anyone who's like uh, <laughs> stuck in a dead end job and they'd they'd love to get into design and what how they might start going about that? Well, yeah, absolutely. There's there's certain bits you can't teach, yeah. to be perfectly honest, or you, it would take a hell of a long time to teach, and that is being able to look at something and evaluate whether or not it works, you know, having yeah. the right skills. And, you know, I've used the word a few times, but it's true, you know, critical thinking skills. That's what design is. I yeah. mean, in, in terms of, you know, I, 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 I sit here and, and, and try and sound all, all, all wonderful because I code my own designs. It's really easy. Mm. You know, it's not that complicated. I'm dealing with HTML and CSS. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. you can learn that in a month. I You'll think... be rubbish for a year or so. Yeah, You yeah. can learn it for a, in, a, in a month. You know, that isn't the tricky bit at all. The yeah. tricky bit is is learning how people interact with screens, you know, yeah. doing the research. That's where the time is. Um, but if you want to do it, just do it. I mean, what's stopping you? You, you spend an hour a night. I completely agree. Definitely. And it's just, anyone should give it a go. I mean, I do, I always say, and I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, I know I wasn't born with an eye for design. And unfortunately, I kind of accept that, you know, I could, I could probably get better at it. You know, I could teach myself what's good at ideas and what's bad ideas, but fundamentally, I don't think I was born with that ability. And that's fine because everyone's born with different gifts. That's fine. I completely accept that with development. I think. You know, given the um, dedication to learning and uh, and just the willingness, and I think most people can learn. Some would be better than others, but I think with design, it is tricky. I think you have to have that certain amount of flair. It just that's, depends where you want to be. I mean, it's, yeah, whether you want to be the best designer in the world, and that's where you're setting the bar. And and mm. I'd love to be, and I never will be, because there's some proper geniuses out there, and that's fine. That's fine with yeah. me. If if you want to be a good enough web designer to have happy clients. To, to do a fair job and be able to justify the decisions you, you've taken on the project, you can do. You know, and, and that's where things like, I guess, Bootstrap do help. You know, yeah. as opposed to leaving it to someone to not style a button and having a default sort of browser button. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
bootstraps helping people out. It is, it is raising it at the sort of entry level, I guess. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I often think about my, my, my eldest is 12. Would I want her to be a web designer? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. I wish we had I, a I really don't know. I'm, I'm asking myself questions now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a labor of love. And yeah, it's. I'm glad yeah, so, I did it when I was young. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm 31, nearly 37 now. And trying to yeah. learn it now, if I had a day job, a nine to five, and then coming home and trying to do it around sort of, you know, spending time with the kids and the missus and whatnot. And I'm yeah. not sure I could do it now. I did it when I was young and used to sit up, as, as I said, till, you know, you sit up to the wee small hours in the morning and then go to work the next day because you could. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess the moral of the uh, podcast is don't get married, don't have kids and be a slave to your computer and you'll be fine. You'll make I'll be, I'll take this on board. Thanks guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen then. There's only one. No. This is for me and it's my own. <laughs> but I, I, I love a podcast with a moral at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am joking, of course. And it's really important to get away from the computer and have a social life. Definitely. Well, that's where, you know, as we were saying earlier, where a lot of the inspiration comes from is getting away from the bloody screen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. go and walk around the museum. You know, I'm very lucky. I, I've got a meeting down at, at the seaside tomorrow, and that should take about an hour down in Broadstairs. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. And that should take about an hour, and I've done a nice early meeting, so I'll get that done. Yeah. And go for a walk along the coast, and then I'll, I'll probably walk to Margate and go in the uh, Turner Contemporary and have a wander around there. Excellent. That sounds like a nice day. And, and I'll pick up inspiration from there, you know, going yeah. to the Design Museum in London, they had the Paul Smith exhibition on, and that, and that was awesome just seeing yeah. what his inspirations were. And he had so many things, that you know, magazine cuttings, wacky pictures, figures, you know, all this kind of stuff that inspired him on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, no, it could be, you could take inspiration from, you know, um, I don't know, what someone's wearing, a, a T-shirt that's got two colours on, and you think, wow, they really work really well together. See, that is really cool. I just don't have that. But listening to you talk about it is very cool to me. I think that's amazing. Um, yeah, but trust me, you know, you, you guys, when you were speaking about whatever you were speaking about earlier, crons, I don't know what a cron is. I, I think it's something <laughs> to do with demons, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I don't go anywhere near the terminal. I really don't. I'm scared of it. It frightens yeah. me. That's your domain and you can stay there. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, chaps, we have got over the hour mark anyway. But Ed, did you have anything you I wanted think, to ask before I we think go? I'm out of questions now. No, everything's been answered. Well, let me just say thanks again, Chris, for coming on. It's been really great having you on and uh, really interesting. And um, and we should really kind of give you a, a little plug because um, you are a designer, uh, a freelance designer, and you're based in Maidstone, Kent. And uh, you should uh, people should check out your website, which is squidders dot com. So. Um, Thanks. One yeah. D in Squidders, just the one D. I couldn't oh, get yeah. the main name with two Ds in. That already. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to buy that for ten years. Yeah, how's that going? Is someone like just part <laughs> of it? sitting on it doing nothing. Oh, lovely, because... lovely people. <laughs> yeah. Squatters. I hate. Yeah, it's horrible on domains, isn't it? They just yeah. I've tried to contact them, offering them money, but hey. and they just like yeah, no, I, just, I love squatting on it. You know, it's... but they never get back to me. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Thank you very much, Jens. Yeah, that's well, thank you. Oh, no, it's no, been great. Thank you. thank you for your time. Yeah, absolutely. And you're on Twitter as well, I guess. I don't know if you want me to make that public, but I just have. Oh, you but, can. Uh, it's it's yeah. Chris underscore Jiri on Twitter. Uh, Chris with a K, Jiri. Well, you're just search yeah. Squid as you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you. You've been a great guest. And uh, yeah, as for me and Ed, we will be back uh, on the next podcast. So yes. uh, 
Thanks, guys, for listening. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers. All right, then, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.